tongues. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. But we often forget that all Christians, regardless of denomination and tradition, derive their meaning from the first Pentecost. We also forget just what Pentecost itself originally was and meant. For a first century Jew, Pentecost was the 50th day after Passover, and it was like a harvest festival. It was the day when the farmers brought their first sheaf of wheat in from the crop and offered it to God. Partly as a sign of gratitude and partly as a prayer that the rest of the crop would be safely gathered into. But it was much more than a harvest festival for a first century Jew. Because this festival along with Passover awakened echoes of a great story. The story of Exodus. The story where God rescued his people and fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Pentecost, the 50th day of Passover to a first century Jew, was much more than saying the harvest has begun. It's about God giving his redeemed people the way of life by which they must now carry out his purpose. And all of this is like hidden depth to the scripture. Because Luke, who's the author of Acts, was writing to a certain group of people at a certain time. And he would have presumed that they knew all of this. Luke takes for granted that when people hear of the apostles being filled with the Holy Spirit and going on to bear a powerful witness to Jesus and his resurrection and to win converts from the first day is a sign that this is like the sheaf which is offered to God as a sign of a great harvest to come. And the first century of Jews would have seen a parallel in this story to the story of Moses going up Mount Sinai where Moses goes, goes up the mountain and he comes down with the laws carved into the tablets. And here, Jesus has gone into heaven in the ascension. He's ascended into heaven. And Luke wants us to understand that he's coming down again, not with a written law carved on, on tablets or stone, but with a dynamic energy of law designed to be written on the human heart. Pentecost then is a word that has a very particular meaning, which Luke is keen for us all to grasp. But something new is also happening here. The power has come. The creative power of God himself comes down from heaven, heaven, and it does its work there. The aim isn't to give people a spirituality which makes things on earth irrelevant. The point is to transform earth with the power of heaven. Starting with the, peop the parts of earth which consist of bodies, minds, hearts and followers of Jesus as a community. The coming of the Spirit at Pentecost. In other words, it's like complementary to the ascension of Jesus into heaven. The risen Jesus has gone to heaven is our presence in heaven. And God in God's sphere. And the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven to be with us is God's presence in our sphere. No longer are they disconnected, but they're now connected and that we can live in communion with heaven because Jesus is Lord of all. His energy, the power to be and do something new is available through the Holy Spirit to all who call on him. Verse two says, 
Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This wind and fire was an unterrifying yet exhilarating. And of course, there are times later in this book where the Spirit works softly and secretly, quietly transforming people's lives without a big noise or a fuss. And that's where there can be division within churches and traditions. Because some people would say it's the norm for the Spirit to be quiet and soft. And others would say that without the noise, without the fire, without the speaking in tongues, something's lacking or deficient. But we should beware of drawing either conclusion because God is bigger than that. God meets with his people in different and unique ways. And God loves to give his spirit to people. Do you know, when I first became a Christian as an 18-year-old lad, I felt like I'd been given a gift. A gift was given to me. And when I received it, I felt like it had always been there, right in front of my face. But I'd never been able to see it before. And when I first experienced the Holy Spirit, I remember being physically overwhelmed. I remember my whole body shaking and bouncing up and down. I remember falling to the ground. And it was a power that I'd never experienced before in my life. And I hear that some people in St. Andrews used to call me Shaky James, Helen. And um, thanks for that. And that's how the Holy Spirit introduced himself to me. And that's what I needed at that time. A broken and vulnerable and hurt 18-year-old lad. and needed to experience that power in that way. And the Holy Spirit empowered me to, to overcome lots of things in my life. And now my experience of the Holy Spirit has changed. And quite often it is very quiet softly spoken and gentle and peaceful and there's room for both because the Holy Spirit is a gift and for giving to happen there has to be two poles there has to be a giver and a receiver or the gift can't be given if you were to give someone a birthday present and you take them that present but they're not there you can't give them it And when we read through our Bibles and we read through the history of Christianity and Judaism, we realize that God has been trying to give himself to us as a gift. A gift that is freely available, as available as the breath that is in front of your mouth. And God's had a hard time giving himself to us because most of us aren't interested. We're more interested in money and power good looks, politics, and we never get around to the thing that we were created for. Maybe we never get around to shaving that door down. When was the last time that you got on a train? When we're waiting to get on or off a train, the doors slide open, don't they? And what does the recorded message say? It says, there we go. Please mind the gap. 
And it's written on the doors, isn't it? Or it's written on the platform somewhere, and you hear it all the time. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. And that means there's like a few inches between the train and the platform. And nobody wants you or your children to fall down that gap. So we're reminded. Mind the gap. There's a space there. And I could say that in preaching on the Holy Spirit, mind the gap. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It fills the gap of everything. But first you have to be aware that there usually is a gap. There's a space. We don't realize that God is as available as the breath in front of your mouth. That God is as available as fire descending from heaven. A wind blowing through the room. We always allow God by our own stupidity and ignorance to be distant, far away or elsewhere. We always find a gap between ourselves and our neighbor, between ourselves and almost everything. And therefore, we can feel quite lonely and isolated in this world. Without the Holy Spirit, we're not connected to anything or anybody. And we just live an isolated life. But there's a desire that's inside all of us to connect and connect and connect and connect and connecting and relating and communing. And that desire is the Holy Spirit within you. Richard Rohr uses a good metaphor when he says the Holy Spirit is like a spark plug. Some of you will understand the science of a spark plug. But for those that don't, a spark plug has two terminals and there's a gap in between them. And if there's enough voltage coming into one of the terminals from the source, then there's a spark that happens. And our source is like our inner spark plug, our inner Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells inside of everybody here, everyone in this room, equally, always, and forever. But until you position the terminal, the spark doesn't happen. You've got to say and desire Come, Holy Spirit, I need you, I want you, fill the gap. The gap is always there, largely created by our minds and our hearts, largely created by anger and fear and judgments and resentments, and those things are really good at making the gap really big. But in the science of a spark plug, the source is connected and the voltage just wants somewhere to go. And the Holy Spirit wants somewhere to go. But you have to provide the other terminal. God can't give unless there's a receiver. And that's you. You were created in this world together with the Holy Spirit to go out and fill the gaps between everything. To mine the gap. To first recognize it's there. And that you're given the grace and the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit to overcome that gap. Now, it can be experienced as a tiny little spark, not overwhelming, doesn't really demand your attention. Or it can be experienced like wind blowing through the room and fire descending as heaven from heaven. And I wonder if the tongues of fire that descended on the disciples at Pentecost, whether they even noticed. Well, I think they did. I hope they did. But I think that most of us, most of the time, we don't notice the little spark. 
you could mind the gap at the cashier in the Asda or the Iceland when you're doing your shopping. We could mind the gap at the person walking down the street who looks a bit sad. Just why don't I trust myself to reach out? Perhaps just offer a smile. But I don't. And those little actions are overcoming the gap that we allow to be there day after day. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to find myself at the end of my life surrounded by gaps where we haven't connected to anybody or anything. We haven't loved a tree or a dog or a bird or a sunset or a sunrise. That's the meaning of sin. To slowly cut us off from all connection, from all relationship, from all delight, from all wonder, from all awe. And let's be honest, a lot of people do. There's a lot of sad faces out there of unhappy people who are disconnected. And we are the ch- as the church are presumed to be the children of the Holy Spirit. We're presumed to be the people who've allowed that little spark within us. It isn't above you. It isn't beyond you. It isn't next to you. It is available as the breath that's in front of your lips. It's like God has stood there and he's breathing out the Holy Spirit. And he said, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Can you take it? Can you breathe in what I've breathed out? And he's there. And suddenly as you grow on your journey, you realize that that breath that God breathed out is everywhere and in everything. And suddenly you grow on your journey and you realize The thing that you need most is everywhere, all the time, and it's free. The Holy Spirit has been given as a gift that is free. This day is called the birthday of the church. The day we began to trust that we could live in communion, that we could fill the gaps between races and genders and all differences. And I don't know about you, but I listen to our politicians and think, Maybe this is impossible. Even our leaders can't overcome the gap. If they haven't overcome the gap, how can they lead anything or anyone, anywhere? So, it's up to you and I. We've got to take the job on ourselves. We've got to take the opportunity with little smiles and little acts of kindness and love and join the Holy Spirit to mind the gap. And I'd like to... uh, I'd like to lead us all in the response now. So if you could just close your eyes, I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come upon us all now. Whether it's a tiny little spark or a wind blowing through the room, come with us now. Come upon us. And I'd like to give everybody the opportunity to respond today and to receive the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you've heard something today and you've got a hunger in your heart and you're just realizing there's a gap and you want somebody to pray with you about that. Maybe something that Beryl said before, about shaving down the door. Maybe that spoke to you today. Maybe God's saying something else to you. Well, I want to give you all the opportunity as Sam leads us in worship to come up for prayer.
come and ask the Holy Spirit to bridge that gap, to ignite a spark. Amen.